This is exactly right. Hey, it's Chris, you know, the host of this podcast you're listening to. I have a few stand-up dates coming up. September 8th, I'll be in Boise, Idaho at the Lounge at the End of the Universe, followed by the Bug Theater October 28th in Denver, Colorado with the Grolics. That'll be a fun one. And then I'll be in Fort Collins at the Comedy Fort October 29th. Please do attend. The tickets are available at chrisfairbanks.com. <laughs> Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. I said that weird. Do you need a ride? It's, you got to hit a different word every time to keep it spicy for the, for the oldest of dinosaurs that right. are listening. Right. Every I, time. I, I, well, that time it was more like a hyphenated one word. Do you need a? Oh, like, cause almost like uh, you're just making it really casual. Yeah. Yeah. Do you need a? Do you need a ride? Dot, dot, dot. Ride? On this season's four wheel drive, that's how we should have been saying. <laughs> that it. is how we because we were going four wheel drive. Wheel and the, drive, and that kind of it's hard when it's a a reading joke. I experienced that a lot with Twitter. Like on the, when you read it, you see the words, you get the joke, but yeah. when you say it, so it has to be four wheel drive. Four wheel drive. That's but, yeah. And then people have to go. Why are they saying that? And then, and then they go, I get it, it's a play on four-wheel drive. Right, right. It's, uh, it's, it can be very subtle. That's a delivery thing. And mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, I'm a professional delivery person. I feel like, oh, congratulations, you, you guys won your strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with UPS, and now I'm uh, switching over to a FedEx. Thank you. Ah. I love all the strikes that are happening. I know, it's so exciting. It's wonderful. I have not, I'm just going to admit, I haven't gone. And so I'm going to. To the WGA striking? Yeah, my, my sister and nieces went just because they, in <laughs> unions and gym, my, the Aww. teaching, yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're representing on my behalf. Yeah. And I'm sitting waiting for them to get done because it's hot out. What kind of a person am I? I'm just admitting that. It's so hot. Well, you know, you can go at 6 a.m. I'm my friend, so... Now you've sold me on it. <laughs> I love anything. You mean like fishing? <laughs> <laughs> the reason I've never fished in the town a river runs through was shot. Get up with the bread trucks and go fight against AI in this city. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I love anything that's a fight against the robots. Now, listen, mm -hmm. I haven't gone either, 
but that is because I have a nine to seven job every day. And because I did the last one thanklessly when there was, when no one was covering it on social media and nobody gave a shit and it was really awful. Right. And so. I, I don't have excuses. So now you've made me feel worse. Oh no. No, it's okay. I have a job too. <laughs> is it this podcast? No, I think, you know, I'm working towards an amateur, uh, golf career. I can't think of anything right now. Oh, got it, got it, got it. I was just, <laughs> you did get that. <laughs> I, uh, I was in Montana in a part of Montana where, uh, all the wealthy people move, Justin yeah. Timberlake and everyone. Oh, yeah. And I always wondered, why isn't that Missoula? Why is Missoula still the, uh, kind of stayed the same? And I, I was in this golf tournament in the mountains, and it was the most beautiful. It is a part of Montana I've never even experienced, because when are you ever brought up to the top of the mountains that looks like an Ansel Adams photo, except in color and moving. So like an Ansel Adams video. Yeah. Uh, his lesser known work. But <laughs> it is, it was such an experience on a course that was where you would hit the ball 300 yards onto a little patch of grass that was a football field down. And then from there, hit it again down, like you're playing down a mountain. Ooh. It was like hiking. And it was the most beautiful terrain and an interesting way to experience it because you're watching the flight of a ball. I was, you've, I'm still riding on a, a, a cloud or some, for lack of a better term. Now, it was the funnest, coolest, most beautiful. Let ride. me just ask you, so how did you get to the top of the mountain to be hitting it down? I drove, uh, the, we're already at Big Sky, the resort, um, and then the Big Brothers and Big Sisters. Uh, it was not a tournament this time it was just comedians golfing together oh and uh but everyone was a little better than me and it is a course where they've had professional tournaments so it's exceedingly hard even for professionals so i lost probably 10 balls in the grass which means you have to drop a ball and that's a stroke and yeah. so i played terribly but for me i played okay but it was the most beautiful i it's kind of like you got to go to Italy and this, it, I, I'm, I'm having that post vacation. I keep thinking, I wish I took more photos. But yeah. The most euphorically beautiful. Wow. So big sky, Montana. Yeah. It, it was, the course was called moonlight basin and it, people pay a quarter of a million dollars to be a member. It is oh, like, Jesus Christ. yeah, it was, uh, people, uh, it is golf in the way that, uh, turned everyone away from it. Uh, kind of, a. Uh, you know, it's for rich people. Richies. Yeah, among yeah. other things. I, there's other describing words, but I don't want to get all political. Uh, it's what has turned me off from golf until I discovered L.A. Municipal Golf. Oh, which is the people's golf. Yeah, it's the people's golf. And sure, there's dirty areas in the green, and, but uh, it's all a waste of water and it's men playing in a park. But I... Uh, what I'm saying is I'm still confronted by how much fun I had. <laughs> yeah. Now, what other comedians got invited? There is a comedian named Mark Smalls, who is part of something called Country Club Adjacent, which they've gotten popular. They heckle professional golfers as they swing, and it's pretty funny oh. to watch that. And they've kind of blown up on YouTube, so he's sort of a golf celebrity. Wait, but he's I a comic that opened for He's a Bay Area skateboarder. 
can I ask you a question? Is yeah. he the guy that posts TikTok videos where he walks around golf tournaments and heckles people that are standing around? Yes. So he's like, looks like a, a Vialis day for you guys. That kind of yes. like really good jokes. Yes. That guy's genius. He and he was very good at stand up. Like when I watched him, uh, he was opening for me in San Francisco and I'm like, oh, that guy's great. But he has gotten, you can tell he has the juice, as they say in the hip-hop industry. <laughs> and you can see it on stage. He's so comfortable. Uh, James Davis is a, a golfer, comedian who writes on a oh, lot yeah. of shows. He was very good. Nate Craig has gotten 10 times better. And I've maintained at uh, the, the, the level I've always been. So it was a great, fun show. Nice. It was motivating because everyone was really good. And these, it was for a charity. And these people were like donation wealthy folks and yeah. they were opened all of our liberal slants and they were sweet and it was very very fun i loved it all of our liberal slants yeah so do you golf first or do you stand up first yes it was a long day we we're at like seven thousand feet it's one or the other yes no <laughs> no i will answer first we we golfed first Thank and you. then i didn't i took a cold shower and then we had a comedy show great got it so it was a rough day and i didn't use the bathroom to its full potential for about four days but i'm okay now and I'm not here to tell those kind of stories. Great. Yes. Perfect. I was constipated. But I, it's it because of altitude. No one cares. I know. <laughs> and I already said I wouldn't. Uh, Twice. I know. You, you almost promised. You Care. borderline I promised. wanted to be a doctor, okay? <laughs> These things interest me, especially things of the colon. Of your own. Yes, my own colon. <laughs> I do a lot of, I take my homework with me. Anyway, we're driving. How are you? What have you been doing? <laughs> well, my family came into town at, right after your family was in town. Yes. Um, and it was just kind of a little getaway. And it just so happened that... Is that guy walking around with like a dialysis machine? I think because he's dressed in scrubs, it's the delivery of a machine. Oh, okay. Yeah. For a second, I was like... Please don't tell me he's just on the street with that machine. Nope, okay. That's regular luggage. He's Great. just going on a flight and wearing his scrubs to get respect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. The way you sometimes do because you wanted to be a doctor. Yeah, that's why I bought my military uniform. Um, <laughs> that's illegal. Yes, um, it is. So they, my family came down and it was my sister did the thing of like, don't worry about us. We'll just about be in the pool, whatever. Where I'm like, great, because I will be in that room on Zooms all day long. Yeah. And then I would come out at like six o'clock and just dive directly into the pool. And the second night that they were here, and Adrian came too, and then the second night that they were here, my cousin Stevie, who's kind of like my older brother, and his wife and his daughter all came because he was at a conference in San Diego. So they all came down to meet because that's where her family's from, whatever. Everyone met at my house, and it just turned into this, um, during the day, Laura, Adrian, and Nora, and then Kim and Sophie, they all went to the Getty Center. My, They came back. It was boiling hot. They came back. My sister goes, I don't like art, and then they got into the pool. <laughs> she doesn't like art. And then um, we all get into the pool. I was done at a reasonable hour that day and then people started drinking champagne and then my cousin showed up from San Diego and he was basically just feeding us as we all swam in the pool and they drank 
And that's dangerous. It is. And by the time my sister got out of the pool, and I think she'd be okay with me telling the story, but who, <laughs> who really knows? Um, we had been in there for five hours, swimming and talking and drinking. I wasn't drinking, but they were. And she was drunk and she had to walk and just go straight to bed because she was so, like, she goes, I don't know what happened. And I go, I do. You swam for, you literally swam around the pool for five hours. Yeah. What is it about water adding to the, the dehydration or the... Yeah, it's because you're, that's like cardio that's twice as strong as normal cardio. Surprise cardio. Yeah. 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 And then you're just, you know, kind of doing a liver rinse as you do it. Sure. So... You know, it's, that's going to affect you a little bit. But it was very fun. And there was one point where everyone was talking at the same time. Literally, everyone was talking at the same time because we were all talking about like some childhood story. And it was just like, la, 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 la in the pool. And it just felt really summertime fun. Yeah, yeah. It's the, So you have achieved one of our checklists of hot, hot girl summer, whatever we were calling <laughs> that, this summer. Yep. Yes. That was a true hot girl summer moment where there was like seven hot girls in the pool being served by a man. Barbie and her movie would be so proud. Yes, yes, um, a movie I have not yet seen, but I am open to it. I haven't either. I'm not surprised that you're open to it. I'm. That's good to hear. Yeah, the trailer is not what I expected. It looks great. I know. I, I've seen some clips on TikTok that have made me cry where I'm like, yeah, I gotta go see this pretty much immediately, but yeah. it's great. It makes, that with, the, with all the striking, this world is, we're going through hard times, but there's so many reasons to be optimistic and that change can happen. Yes, yes. And it, it will happen. I feel optimistic. Okay, but good. it is taking a long time. I mean, hundreds of years. I've heard of no negotiations. I will see anything. I really have become a, a Marco Robbie. Margot Robbie. What Margot, I, yeah. I'm a big fan of her, not a big enough fan to pronounce the name correctly. <laughs> and of course, uh, I like uh, Hall. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. I always call him Hall, but I just wanted to bring him up oh, uh, as a person who adjacently I am also uh, somewhat attracted to. What if I just dove out of the car right now? Out of embarrassment. I like. I think any actor that's in his late thirties, you should call them Gyllenhaal. <laughs> just whoever comes to mind. It just came out of my mouth. I don't know why. <laughs> it's two. It's two uh, guys that I'd I'd like to just hang out with at a pool party. Sure. Yeah. Watch them wear a sweater. <laughs> together, like a two-headed sweater that they wear <laughs> That'd together. Be fun. Oh, it would be great. <laughs> That's what uh, I did uh, shows in Austin uh, with my friend Doug Mellard. And at the end, as we were ringing in the new year, uh, which I messed up, of course, I wasn't looking at the right clock or any clock, really. Uh, he and I put on a two-headed sweater <laughs> and we just, it was a very bizarre. It made for a good photo. Oh, good. But yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, the two-headed sweater prank. Absolutely. Any sweater prank, really. Sweater pranks. Totally unsung. Yeah. There should be more out there. My second favorite. No, I swear it's not wool. You don't need to wear a t-shirt under it. And then you make someone itchy. Oh, there's so many sweater pranks. Oh, my God. <laughs> that one's amazing. Yeah. Just a, just kind of a slow burner, that one. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of an evening, your friend is like, why would I listen to you about anything? 
much less my own comfort level. Yeah, that is, it is my favorite kind of prank, the one that takes 24 hours <laughs> and ends in a rash. Just a horrible, hor I have a lanolin allergy, they start screaming at you. <laughs> Something like that. Um, oh, but my sister, this was the story I was telling you in the driveway. My sister and Adrian pressured me into getting an, a bigger TV because the TV I had didn't fill up the space that the built-ins, there's just a TV space that the guy made it big so that I could end up having the biggest TV oh, I wanted. Oh, like a recessed uh, rectangle in the wall? Correct. Yeah. So the TV I had was just the TV I already had mounted in that space. So there was almost like a big white frame oh. of wall behind it. And apparently that's been bothering both my sister and Adrian for a long time. Yeah. And so finally they both just started yelling at me of like, just get a bigger, t fill it in and get it. And then I was just like, well, I just, I guess I was waiting for this TV to break or something to happen. And they were like, don't. So I did what they said. And now I have a TV that looks like it should be uh, on the wall above the bar at Buffalo Wild Wings. It's gigantic. <laughs> it's gigantic. Visiting family will either make you rearrange your furniture. <laughs> Or uh, just uh, pressure you. That's so funny. That's like uh, older sister pressure thing. Yes. Yeah, of course it is. We're also because I'm not paying attention. It's like TV's TV. If you're looking at your phone, well, not really your phone, but it's not that big of a deal, whichever size you watch it on. Right. To me anyway. Yeah. But now that this gigantic one's here, I'm like, oh, this is a huge difference. Is it more enjoyable? Is the picture better? Is it of a higher quality? I'm saving to turn it on until my friend is coming overnight to watch what we're calling a big TV movie. Oh, that's great. That that makes sense. You don't want to, you know, turn it on for the first time and it be some infomercial. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for the full experience. Right? Yeah. It's like so. a premiere. You're having a TV television premiere tonight. We're, we're premiering my TV. Right, yeah. Because during the strike, you can't promote or go to premieres. So we have to make do with the, our day-to-day -day lives. Right. Right? Yep. So I think we're going to watch Terminator 2. It's a great Terminator. Yeah. I think the better of them. Edward Furlong, I know he had his troubles later in life, but he was a great child actor and oh. he's very good in that. An amazing child actor. Yeah. Truly. He brought out the heart and the tears from a robot man. Yes. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Although I have to say, a lot of people make that audacious claim about T2 versus T1. But I think the Terminator not only is one of the best, like, maybe sci-fi or action movies, it's one of the best romance movies. Yeah. That whole thing where he finally explains to her what's going on is so romantic and beautiful. In T1. In T1. Yeah. It's amazing. We've talked about that. Uh, oh, we have. Love scene as well. Yeah? I believe we have. I'm confusing it for the salacious, if that's the right word, scene between uh, Clooney and J-Lo. Uh, we did talk about that multiple that times in that length. But the... Perfect. Maybe it's just one of the only VHSs I had as a kid where it's like, oh my gosh, naked people in my own house. Out of sight? You mean? No, in T1. Oh, yeah. There's nudity. There is. You can see Linda from Beauty and the Beast. I can't remember her last name. Hamilton. A, yeah, Hamilton's uh, body. <laughs> As a young kid, you know, we're clamoring. And when you don't have time to walk around in the woods and find a magazine clipping. 
or, uh, you know, go into the, I often would go in the Spiegel catalog, you know, the housewares and clothing would be one side. Then you flip it over and there's bras. And you just do some catalog, fake catalog shopping? Yeah, yeah. In the closet. My mother just thought I was getting things online or, but no, I was clipping things out. And then I would put these bra pictures in my underwear drawer. And when my parents would leave, I would pull them out and look at them. And now with the advent of technology, uh, young children are learning that women too have nipples, but I didn't know that until I was at least in my teen years. The, you thought that the bras were covering the secret of not having nipples. Right, much yeah. like Barbie, I, 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 right. I, I did not know <laughs> about the intricacies because I'd only seen bra photos. Were, and now were these, I'm imagining the bras, because that we would get into the bra section when we were looking through the toys in the Sears catalog. Of course, I have vivid memories. And so I always knew, it's like, basically when toys were ending, that's when curtains started, which would get me super depressed. And then if you even went further where you're like, well, I still feel like looking at something, then you would start flipping into the bra section where the bras were like bullet bras from the 50s, like those weird pointy ones. Yeah, yeah. That I got upset where it's just like, I don't want to have to wear a bra like this. Yeah, yeah, they, the, the Alfred Hitchcock bra. Correct. The, the, the cups look like the Tin Man's hat. <laughs> Or the, the the dancing ladies from the Nancy Sinatra song in in Austin Powers, yes. yeah, or perhaps Madonna. There's a lot of examples. I mean, sorry, everyone's doing whatever the fuck they want on Ventura today, and I'm not into it. Yeah, that yeah. was crazy what that guy just did. Yeah, I, it's funny how I just casually notice. And then when I go home and drive with my dad, if there's something any city behavior like a honk. It's so funny in a town of 65,000, if someone honks, it is like fighting time. Yes. Whereas here, it's like, hey, I'm here. It, it's just a part of our, you know. Here it is. Uh, this morning, I was at a light where the guy did the thing where the second the light turned green, he honked. That bothers me. It bothers me so much. It's almost like, are you joking? Right. And it, I'm pretty sure it was the guy behind me. And I gave him a long look in the rearview mirror. But it's just like... What are you doing? I feel like you, I do this a lot, and I feel like uh, you could, um, you probably do it also, where if someone's mad, you just laugh and smile. Yes. Yeah, that always really gets in someone's craw. That puts a... You know whose craw it really gets into? Mine. Because that is my family, in a nutshell. Like, any time you were angry, people would laugh at you. And it is so frustrating and so condescending. Yeah. And so irritating. And so, yeah, that's the first thing I do. Because it's like the best way to say fuck you, (laughs) essentially. Yeah, it's worked forever. I remember when I was a kid and I'd try and throw a tantrum the few times. Apparently, I was a great, perfect kid. Oh. But there was occasionally a time where I'd get upset and my dad would just kind of laugh at me. And then I'm like, okay, I guess that doesn't work. Right. Lesson learned forever. Right. So, yeah. It's stuck. If people are angry at you... Bombard them with fake uh, happiness. It I mean, really gets them. It's it's pretty irritating, but also I I can think of a couple times where I tried to like someone tried to talk to me about something important, and then I was like, well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because, and then I say the thing I wanted to say, which was like they wanted to say, here I'd like to lodge a complaint with you, and it's like, 
okay, I'm listening. And also now that you're done with that, here's my complaint about you. And that was the response, like laughing in my face like I was being insane. Oh, yeah. And yes, it was with a man. And it's like that kind of thing where it's like, what? that's so lame. Yeah, it's that's passive aggressive. I, I don't recommend it for in-person dealings. No. But a stranger that's aggressive on the road where you'll never see them again, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Also, strangers who are being aggressive IRL... To IRL, is that the... Uh, Ireland. Yes. In Ireland. Yeah, yeah. If you're in Dublin and somebody's being aggressive, just give them a beer. <laughs> if you're in real life, I find that where there's definitely an uptick of like the, the kind of loud complainer older person that like is taken to the streets to because they've, their brain's been poisoned by Fox News. So they're like, I don't have to do that. And suddenly it's a person that's yelling in a place that where no one is yelling or needs to yell. Right. My favorite video on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, losing it. Publicly. People just losing it. Mm -hmm. The best thing in that is to start laughing because I think those people want you to get as upset as right. they're upset. Right. And instead, you know, it's like the guy that was at that city council meeting and the people tried to do that crazy thing. Um, oh, right. And that guy in the green shirt was just laughing his ass off with the mustache. And he was celebrated. People yes, are he like, was. I love this guy. He was crying laughing because the people, I think it was the people who were like trying to say that the election wasn't real, where it's like, I think it you're was right one of those that. things. Yeah. Right? Where they're just like, yeah, we're all here to meet the city council to kind of get some stuff figured out. And this person was just going off in the craziest way. And he just laughed. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just everybody getting angrier and angrier. And he wasn't doing it to get a rise out of them. He actually found it hilarious. He, and was he couldn't like, control. Himself. He was cracking up in the <laughs> old school, like I'm in church right now sense where he's not supposed to be laughing and he can't help it. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah, I need to remind myself to do that next time someone's aggressive because I'm afraid I I have a history of matching the aggression and it never works. It's not a good idea. I know, but that sometimes I do the same thing sometimes where it's like, oh, you think you're mad at me? I'm twice as mad at you, and that's just kind of a that's learned. That's a learned behavior that we get from, you know, early life patterning, like yeah. little, little ducks where it's like, well. This is what I always watch the adults in my life do. Yeah, it's it's had a different outcome for me, though, where um, I've actually been punched in the face because people call my bluff and they're right. like, oh, you're not matching my aggressiveness and I'll prove it. Yeah. And, and then they surprise me with a, a broken nose. That's happened a couple of times. <laughs> and uh, now, like, can oh, I ask? yeah, you were you were at a different level than me. Right. Yes. Uh, Was I drunk all those times? Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How's that going, by the way? Great. For real? Yes. That's great. Uh, everything I feared, like uh, uh, I was missing out on fun or it would be inconvenient for me to be around others that are drinking. It's not, hasn't been an issue. There That's are great. things I don't go to uh, if I know the main uh, goal is to have drinks. And I don't want anyone to change their behavior around me because I remember my mom with, with AA, I think in a lot of programs, I don't want to call them out, but it's like you have to cut anyone that still does this out of your life. And I don't know that I agree with that. Maybe at some level, if it's... 
I don't know. I I've, think maybe it's like early days, if you feel a little shaky, they encourage you to focus on yourself and not be, because that's kind of a codependence thing when you're laying the groundwork just to start drinking. If you're right. like, I'm putting in all this effort, but I'm also going to meet everybody at the Ye Rustic Inn every night. Where yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, give yourself a chance. Right. But, uh, but that's really good. Also, you know what I really love? And I think there's so many people, so many smart people making products these days liquid death seltzer water is it seltzer water that you can buy at bars that looks like a tall boy so you basically can stand there and it looks like you're drinking yes and you don't have to drink some weird um non-alcoholic beer that doesn't taste good to you right you can just drink carbonated water with like a big skull and crossbones on it it yeah. is so smart i when the it first came time out, someone I, bought it for I, me. I, I didn't like, get it at, at first. I'm like, why? This is just a strange marketing thing. It's water, for God's sake. But I didn't realize that's what it was for. Yeah. What beer drinkers drink when they're not drinking beer. And I know that's an O'Doul's slogan. Right. <laughs> but uh, there's so many more things, so many more choices. Yeah. I've been drinking uh, Athletic makes a non-alcoholic brew that I find refreshing and low in calories. Who does? Athletic is the name of the... Oh. Uh, and it doesn't claim to be cause you to be muscular, <laughs> but it is, uh, it is what I get. And it fills that void and it occupies my hand because I think uh, my beverage holding hand. Right. Uh, not Which the other is one. the right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. never. That's why this one is so so much smaller. It's all weak. Look at this veiny big arm. Oh my god! And then this little tiny arm. Ew! Never had a drink in his life. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, it's, it is pretty dumb. Everything I've said. Such but a, such a dumb arm. <laughs> I was calling your arm dumb, not your idea. Right. I was jumping on. I was being a third person. That's oh, okay. more aggressive. Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been very helpful and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's camouflage. Then it's like, cause so much of drinking and all that kind of coping is about anxiety Yeah, and covering anxiety. Ma'am, do it and hurry the fuck up. What are you doing? Oh, she's just a little, uh, of a certain age. I just didn't want her to get T-boned right. while I was as if I'm stopping all the traffic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we can rest knowing that she is in a very safe vehicle. You know, and she's in a safe place. The DMV. That's where she was turning yeah. into. Yeah. Oh man, it might be her last turn into that lot. <laughs> there, she's going to turn her her driver's license in. Oh, what if it is? She just got that new Mercedes. Aww. Oh, and she had those thick glasses. <laughs> she has no hope. <laughs> My great grandma drove until she was 95. Mm. Also, she lived to be 101. Have I bragged about that? I don't think so. That's yeah. great news it's that, for you. Yeah, that's, I have that, uh, you know, also many cases of dementia, but, uh, but my grandma saw three decades, dec uh, sorry. Um, World Wars? Um, she <laughs> fought in the malls, Purple Heart, Yellow Heart, no, she... <laughs> she was really cowardly in World War II. Three centuries. She was born in the late 1800s. The hundreds. <laughs> ah, the hundreds. Ah, with the sundries. I, and then lived until, uh, like, 2001 onesies. She... <laughs> she wore a onesie. Why? Why do I make language a difficult obstacle? I think it's a delightful obstacle. Oh, thanks. 
you and a handful of others. <laughs> the hundreds. <laughs> uh, she was in the 1800s <laughs> and all through the 1900s. She collected up her sundries and went across the plains. And then with a thundery exit, she saw a kiss <laughs> of the 2000 sundries. Oh, no. A kiss of the spider woman? Ah, I bring up the, uh, we talked about Ireland, and I don't want to bum anyone out, but I do want to address how much I have listened to Mandika today. I oh. really liked Sinead O'Connor, and I, it's very sad. I'm very sad about the death of Sinead O'Connor. Yes. One of our greatest singer-songwriters, truly one of the bravest activists there ever has been, where she stood up against the world to say the Catholic Church needs to, there needs to be a reckoning for all of these child molesting priests. Right. And she did it alone and she got absolutely torn apart for it. And then after the fact, 30 years later, everyone's like, she was a visionary. And yeah. we all must remember this, yeah. that that's actually how it goes, that that it's only the George Clooney type of heroes that get their medal right after they do something exactly. brave. Yeah. And someone like Sinead O'Connor, who all she did was tear up a picture yep. of the Pope, which isn't actually threatening in any way. She's just basically saying it's bullshit that this institution covers for child molesters. Yeah, I know. And no I, one should have argued that. Not to be devil's advocate. Uh-oh. Uh, but uh, I would like to invite you to my Satan-based dinner tonight. <laughs> no, uh, not to be a devil's advocate, but I do wish that, it, like, uh, if only, much like uh, with Al Gore, and I consider Sinead the Al Gore of music, oh. if if it was just a clear, like, because he called it global warming, and then it was like, it's not warm, I had a cold day the other day, and all these people are bringing snowballs into Congress. If it was just called climate change right away, I wish that it, when she ripped it, she's like, this is for, just to spell it all to all the dumb people, because she is so ahead of her time. It was a decade before people were talking about child abuse in the Catholic Church. If it was just, that's what she said. Yeah, she you're right. Because a lot of people just saw her rip up. And they're like, hey, I like the Pope. My my parents are Catholic. <laughs> Why'd she rip it? They did not Yes. Uh, read between the lines and just know that that's why she was doing it. I, I, and I admit, I didn't know at the time. Right. I just thought it was punk rock and cool. That makes sense. I get that. Yeah. And she said, fight the real enemy. But I think it was... Oh, that is what she said? I, was I believe ask so. I just know. watched yeah, the clip. I think you're right. Yeah. And, but I think and something... And then had... Michael's probably banned her. Yeah, none of the producers knew she was going to do it. But right. I think you're totally right in terms of like the wording of that is actually crucial mm -hmm. for the message because then the message isn't actually carried and I, I wonder if something had just happened where it was like something had just been right. uncovered or something know. like that yeah. I wonder I... where it's too contextual for her and instead it got like because god forbid you ever say anything about religion it's so such a reactive thing but did you ever see the clip where she went to do a live show for a benefit uh at this huge i think it was madison square gardens or something and she walked on stage and they immediately started booing her and chris chris christopherson yes. stood by her and, yes and, and uh, yeah we've talked about him being cool before I yeah think, uh, that was one of the cooler things yeah that and he he uh got into a fight with not a physical altercation but like a argument with toby keith at some um country music oh it was willie nelson's 70th birthday and 
he said to Willie Nelson, you're great, except for all that lefty stuff. And oh, Chris Christopherson got so pissed off. I think Willie Nelson first said, like, yeah, go to hell or whatever. But then Chris Christopherson said something, and he said to Chris Christopherson something fucked up, like, oh, yeah, we knew that would come from you because you're, like, an old hippie or something like that. I learned all of this in a TikTok. Yeah, by the way. yeah. And no, Chris Christopherson was an army ranger. He fought in a war. I don't know if it was a Korean War or Vietnam. But like he turned around apparently and started reading Toby Keith the, the right act of like, you've never worn a uniform for this country. You've never cashed a check. This government paid you to kill another man. You should shut your mouth. You're a complete fraud. And like apparently it was this like whole showdown at Willie Nelson's 70th birthday that I was like, this is fucking, what, what Chris Christopherson is the coolest. The government paid you to kill another man? What is that? He was in the army. Oh. Like how that feels to be in the army and to feel that. And that it's not, it's not all heroic and you get all these congratulations. He's, you know, that you're still a person. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, Chris Christopherson was in the army. Correct. Yeah, the, Toby Keith, the only fight he's been in, he fell off a stool during a bar fight once and it was a video shoot. Right. Yes, exactly. The whole thing was fake. Yeah. I do kind of like that video. The... There, there, I love this bar. I don't like Toby, <laughs> but there is a video where he's singing the song and behind him is a 1980s, like, Terry Bradshaw and Burt Reynolds bar fight <laughs> and people are flying through the air while he's singing and I'm like, okay, if I have to, uh, you know, suspend reality and, and turn off the volume... Also, I, I did enjoy that music video. Sure. That's all I'm going to say. And okay. I do also prefer red solo cups well, and to blue. Here's the thing. <laughs> Country music is great. And the, oftentimes the people singing it aren't the people that write those songs. Is it great? I mean, it, yes, it can be. It can be. <laughs> I guess. Because okay. there's, there's now a bunch of people that are coming out to, like, argue this Jason Aldean thing. And there, it's all the, you know, super... I, there's a couple of people I've never seen before because I uh, clearly don't keep up with current country music, but like Jason Isbell came up and was like, this guy's from Macon, Georgia. That's a big town. He doesn't know what he's talking about, about small towns, and that's not how small towns are. Oh, and he was the guy that had a song about uh, not in my small town, which... It's try that in a small town. Oh, which means... Just well, about anything. It's racist. Uh, that is in cities, which, it's, yes. It's, it's him being racist. He's talking about racist. And the video is super racist. Wow. And it's just kind of fucked up. Yeah. I want to hate watch it. What's his name? We don't have to give uh, him the Just respect. look up, try that in a small town. But okay. Okay. here's what I love about America and the upside of social media. They've started this thing of try that in a small town. And then it just has uh, a picture of a person. So it's, um, I think it was named Ahmed Aubrey, the guy that went jogging and then the guys killed him. Uh -huh. So it's tried jogging. It's his picture. It says the town and what happened to him. So it's like, oh no, if you want to do this, let's actually do it. Let's talk about what this means when uh, a person of color does something and people, you know, or, or cops or whoever kill them. It's really a smart thing where it's like let's not keep the euphemisms around this let's actually say what you mean yeah which is you're saying threaten to kill people and if, he hasn't backed down of course or oh, responded no, no. to any of that or even noticed it unfortunately probably no i think he doubled down i'm sure he i mean that's all 
if you take a stance like that, you're not going to immediately back down. It's not a mistake. No. You just go in the backyard and shoot up a case of Bud Light or something. Yeah. I mean, that part of everything is so dumb, but I think it's bringing out of people who are like, never would make a statement before or stake a claim. I think all like us Gen X people are learning from younger people where you do get to say fuck you to those people because we're not outnumbered anymore. And we're not like, you know, like, I love all this feminist shit that's happening these days because when I was fucking 22, if you said you were a feminist, which I did all the time, people would fucking, women would get as angry at you as nasty men. Yeah. It wasn't so long ago that all this shit was like, if you were caring about any of this stuff, you there were plenty of people to shut you down and you were just like, well, forget it. I just won't make a stand or I won't. I'm not going to put myself out there yeah, like that. And it wasn't that long ago. And that which brings me back to my point. Sinead O'Connor was doing it when it was not popular. And yes. she is just the best. I The best. And Mandika is just a great song. Mandinka's great. I'm Stretched on Your Grave is a hit that maybe is a B-side. Maybe a lot of people I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, I'm one of those lots of people. It's Go listen to it because it's... What's they it called? I'm stretched over your grave? I'm stretched on your grave. It's like a traditional Irish um, oh, morning wow. song. I thought it was maybe a death metal number. But they have like, there's a, there's like a drum beat behind it. So it sounds modern. It's cool. Yeah. There's a bunch of cool songs on the Lion and the Cobra that everybody needs to dry out. Yeah. That's... And also she had a perfect face, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. I did happen to notice that today when I went on a deep dive of every live performance is very symmetrical, very beautiful, and uh, no one else can pull off a shaved head like Sinead O'Connor. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. That's why they really did want her. They thought she was going to be gigantic. Uh, sorry. You mean tall? <laughs> they thought she was going to grow to over seven feet tall. Yeah, my orthodontist told me that. <laughs> It never happened. He said, Chris, by the look of these molars, you're going to be a big boy. <laughs> no, they x-rayed my hand to find out. I, I guess you can predict things through the carpals or the tar, tar or the metacarpals mm -hmm. uh, about what. And he said, oh, you're going to be six something. I'm like, like both my grandpas and every cousin and everyone but my dad. But no, no, no. But and the braces still work. Well, you know, it'd be sad if the braces are the reason that you didn't, that somehow the metal seeped into your gums, oh, something like don't that. don't get me worried about that. Well, you, don't, a, you don't have them anymore. Well, I do have a cobalt hip, and it, <laughs> I mean, I've seen documentaries that it does uh, stunt your vision just on the heels of me needing glasses, so... <laughs> I mean, I tell you, stop watching hip documentaries. I know. I tell I know. you. <laughs> it's my favorite genre, though. <laughs> You guys what want... are the other ones besides just things to be afraid of after you get a hip surgery? Oh, femur biopics. <laughs> <laughs> I love a hip doc, but I do love a scripted femur pick. Oh, what's a good one? My left foot? <laughs> oh. oh, Jesus. Yes, it's a beautiful Daniel Day. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up on the right, the Ha Ha Cafe. There it is. The first place I ever did stand-up, just days before I met you in a laundromat, which I talk about a lot. That's but, right, Lucy's uh, Laundromat. It was, uh, Patrick Keene was working the door, and he's like, ah, oh, new in town, huh? 
And then he looked at my license. He's like, you're from Montana? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I went to school in Helena. And I'm oh. like, you're kidding me. He all of a sudden made the town seem small. He's like, well, let's hang out sometime. He was one of the first comics that was nice to me that I met here. What is old Patrick Keen up to these days? He's a teacher. Where? In Southern California. Oh, that's where we live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say, like, Orange County. I don't know why I just... <laughs> What's more Southern California than the County of Orange? I don't know. He's also doing stand-up. He he goes... He's, he's just juggling. He's doing a career that he got into during quarantine, like a lot of people did. And yeah. I think he's... That's I don't good. know if he's full-time teaching still. That's but, great, though. Yeah, yeah. He's good at that, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he never quits comedy, though, because he's so funny. Yeah. He's so good at comedy. Yeah. Anytime, and that's why I uh, saw him more recently during uh, when things were just starting to open up. I did the Irvine Improv, and I asked if he'd open, and it had been a while. And his what he does on stage is perfect for setting up my little brand of self-deprecating because uh, he's so good at it. Yeah. And uh, I don't lean into it as much because it, it's very hard to do that. And he's so good at it, it's just the best. Like, his, all of his throwaways, kind of like Blaine Kapach has, are like, the show's going to start in a minute. Uh, we're going to have a... Like, he, he just keeps uh, reprimanding himself. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. reminding them that's what he's doing until they're on board, and then he's... Yeah, I've seen it so many times. So funny. And start, like, not, people not on board, because nowadays you just have to feign confidence. Uh, I belong on this stage, and he does the opposite in a way that I always found difficult. But he, he, everyone loves him. It always works. I've always seen him do well. Even if he's not doing well at the seven-minute mark or eight-minute mark, he has them all at the 12-minute mark. Yeah. And uh, he always says nice things when he intros me. Which and I that's all you need, really. Yeah. Jesus Christ. These cars, these blue cars coming straight at us. That's really the theme of the drive today. They're always blue. Always blue and always kind of rolling over that line toward us. Yeah, it has happened a number of times. Three. Couple. Couple. That was a third. Yeah, I know. Oh, we got to get a camera in here. Uh, should we go to Starbucks? You know... I've had two coffees today. Oh. And you know I'm a three-coffee guy. The answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, you could get lemonade with just a little coffee dripped into it. Oh, I was a simpler person back then. I can't even believe I said, Annalise, I'd like to apologize for making you drink that <laughs> beverage. It was terrible. I knew it was terrible. I mean, <sighs> we have to try things, and we have to experiment. And if you have a theory... And you think something might be good, try it out. But sure. then when it's bad, admit it. Own it. And I didn't at the time, and it was cowardly. Well. Which is why I'm going to order another one. <laughs> Step on the gas. <laughs> I just genuinely wanted to know if I was wrong. Right. Yeah. And I, if you recall correctly, uh, the word refreshing did come out of Annalise's mouth. Am I, am I correct in that? Yeah, I, anything for science, okay? Yes, yes. It was a scientific experiment. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here. So we're driving through beautiful Burbank, 
Um, so many places to buy used guns. Yes. Used guns. Um, there's also, if hey, does your vacuum cleaner need repair? Well, come down here. Because yeah. there's several, like, independent businesses like vacuum repair. Oh, I used to get her done. Uh, termite and pest control is actually great if you're in the area. That I love those guys. Because I had so many bugs at that old house. <laughs> so many bugs. And those guys came several yeah. times. All dressed like Larry the Cable Guy. Yep. <laughs> I Was that before or at, it has to be after? Judging by the vinyl in this sunny part of town. Before or after what? Uh, it became the catchphrase of one of America's favorite comedians and potato chip makers get yeah. her done oh oh yeah. i think they i think they took it from him yeah that's okay i would think i knew from the vinyl i know how vinyl ages and i can tell when it was first applied and burnished although <laughs> that's impressive Chris. yeah i used to work in the sign business <laughs> but my my hesitation is right now because he's in show business wouldn't larry the cable guy uh, I, when you said, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> when you said they all look like Larry the Cable Guy, <laughs> see, this isn't how it works. I knew it didn't get the reaction I wanted because you weren't, you, you just were set on your point, which was they are very good exterminators. True. Yeah. So I was half listening. But when you said Larry the Cable Guy, I just thought of Jim Carrey the Cable Guy. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> just thought of the movie where I'm like, oh, that's sure. I'll go along with that one too. But I didn't understand it. And now I do. Yeah. When he first came on the scene uh, and I opened for him in Austin, I, that, I'm like, you mean like the Jim Carrey movie? I don't know. <laughs> And then I expected at least one or two jokes referencing coaxial or, or any. He never addresses. I don't know that he is a cable guy. Right. I think it's just, yeah, that started somewhere. And then after a while, he's like, who, who cares? I don't have to justify this anymore. I'm, I'm destroying rooms. And here's the thing I would like to say about Larry the Cable Guy. Dan I've Whitney. only ever heard that he is a lovely human being. He was very lovely to me. Yeah. And he had weird jokes and he would like, oh, my audience won't like this because it's a little weird, but would you please do this joke idea? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. You told me Yeah, that. And, and he was really sweet to me. I just love that because male comics, it's really telling that people go out of their way to talk about if a male comic is a decent person. Right. I think I'll just leave it at that. So then it, it makes me happy to be able to like repeat that for people who follow comedy and love comedy. Because yeah. it's like, oh, that guy's great. Well, it is coming from me, another male comic. True. Yeah. I can't speak for someone else's experience with him, but he was, he was nice to me. And I do, a lot of people know this in the comedy world, but a lot of people don't know he was a comedian that did that as a character in the middle of his act that was just, hey, I'm a guy in a turquoise shirt telling jokes. And then he would do this character and then the club started going, just come as that character, your closer, <laughs> just do that. Wow. And then he was like, okay, I guess I'll be full-time cable guy. He probably didn't even think about the name. Right. It was just like written on a napkin one night in Duluth. And also I bet you that was like 80s, 90s when that happened to him. I wonder. I wonder too. Yeah, I certainly, there's like, you can watch sets of his from the 90s as Dan Whitney and it's bizarre because he has like feathered hair and, but it's the cable guy. 
it wasn't year it wasn't until the 2000s that he did this and again i don't want to talk politics with the guy or anything <laughs> i just well yeah but i think that being from the south there's almost like this expectation of what you have to be like that's the inverse of like being a comic from california la right. or san francisco look at this guy look at this that uh -oh. guy oh look Why? at that that was we just witnessed a truck hastily <laughs> he did not want to wait or he realized he needed to go to the pharmacy he's like wait this isn't a drive-through aspirin store i mean what he just peeled out it's such truck behavior. That was, but uh, he peeled out over the curb to get out of the drive-through lane. Just like Larry the Cable Guy's character would have done in the movie Cars. <laughs> and someone brought up a good point. He was a tow truck in that. Why was he not a cable car? Someone said that in a video and it made me laugh. <laughs> a cable Larry the car. Cable Car. Because cable cars can't go wherever they want. I, I know the real reason, animation-wise. Oh. You know, I'm a manual drawer and anthropologist promorphized objects and animals. There's no headlights on a cable car, so he would be a character without blinking eyes. Cable cars aren't cars. No. I'm just gonna say it. Okay, a lot. I've been in this argument before with train people. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I just sidebar this? No, we have to stick with oh, this. Okay, uh, I love cars. No. Um, are you looking at these frozen lemonade Starbucks refreshers beverages? Yeah. That I hate to do a commercial for. Yeah. But that's what I'm going to get. Yeah. I'm going to get something totally different than normal. Well, uh, being that I've had all of them, I highly recommend the dragon fruit. Is that true? Yeah. I come to the Bucks a lot. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's delicious. And the uh, strawberry acai lemonade Ooh. is also good. I even had the pineapple passion fruit lemonade, but that's because... It's a bit of a tongue twister. You know? I'm, and you just don't want to... Embarrass myself. Yeah, you don't want to be shamed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, re I mean, I don't know, though, that there's caffeine in it. And isn't that why we're here? No. For that drug? I don't think so. Well, then you need to drive over this median <laughs> and get us to that CVS. Because I want drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Karen. Can I get your, the frozen um, strawberry lemonade? I would like a grande iced coffee and can I put a little lemonade in it? Okay. Thanks. I, it just came out of my mouth. You know, I didn't want it. What? It's yeah, going to be happened? great though. I just, You, you can know, have sips of mine if you don't want to drink it. I'm a guy that commits to a bit. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. Uh... We should drive around until you finish the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should workshop this on wheels. <laughs> I can't wait. I normally, like if I was by myself and we weren't recording and someone said, hi, my name's Becky or whatever she said, what's your name? I don't even know. I don't know if I would have... <laughs> Like, I, I hate I, shit like that I so much. I like it. You know what I... Well, to me, it's the equivalent of... Because people are so rude and you know all Yes. Yeah. And I Good always... Point. I When I say, hey, how are you today? That's what I always say. And they're always like, oh, wow, thanks for asking. Like, it's, it's nothing. I'm doing nothing. But they always seem to appreciate it. Yes. And so I like to 
her throwing it right back at you. Hey, what's your name? <laughs> I know. I just, I had that feeling where I'm like, oh, this is the thing I've, my 90s react brain says do not participate in this well it is very close to that waiter that crouches down that's like hey guys so what are we doing today that's nice i like that and they feel your fabric and then i'm like oh well now i'm in love with you and i knew you didn't mean it i'm gonna try to meet you out by the break station to give you more of a tip if you know what i (laughs) wink <laughs> if you know what I wink. If you know what I wink. That's what the there's a lot of people that and I know them adults that can't wink. Oh, really? Yeah. They I go can't. to wink and they have to contort their whole face and re- I guess they've just never had a secret. But who really <laughs> winks? My friend Don Fraser winks. Really? Mm-hmm. Is he a leprechaun? It's a girl. Oh, okay. Well, Don, I I I jump to the DON. Right. And this is what the Barbie movie is about, how you yep. refuse to yep. jump to the D-A-W-N. Yep. It's true. <laughs> I need to be t- t- taught a lesson and I want it to be colorful. <laughs> <laughs> I think that no um, guy who's ever had an older sister or older sisters, plural, should be expected to go to the Barbie movie unless they want to. Right. Yeah. You, I, you've already gotten all these lessons times 10. Yeah, I played with uh, my I play, It's weird because my sister had toys, um, but I had, uh, they were sanded, but just shapes of wood my dad cut from a two by four for toys. But she did have Barbies and she had like the bionic one, which I thought was the coolest. There was a bionic woman. That, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was just a action figure for the TV show. Oh, it was? Yes. It wasn't a Farrah Fawcett Barbie? Of course no. not. I say it out loud now, and I want to apologize to Mattel. Don't worry about it. Um, but she, she had Barbies, too. You know why? Because Barbie didn't have, like, her arm that opened with the Circuitry inside. board, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I always thought, thank God I never got it, but I thought a tattoo of, of like, ooh, circuitry. <laughs> Like, uh, I thought it'd be cool to have that. That would be cool. Yeah, I've seen it, though. You know, I'd, I'd, I'm glad I didn't get any of those colorful joke tattoos because, you know, I just want little tiny doorbell motor prison tattoos. I think those look the, yeah. the, the best. Like and, the Russian Russian prison tattoos. Yeah, or Machine Gun so Kelly. Cool. Yeah, I like those. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, can I have my first? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can get this one. All right. Yeah, here you go. Thank you. The pin number, the the card <laughs> number is four. Okay. <laughs> Caristo for. That's um, how you say it. Jack Black tells a very funny story. Do you know Jack Black? Both of his parents worked at JPL, and his mother uh, had gave birth to him while she was giving notes on one of the like NASA space. Things that what was is, happening. I don't know what JPL is. Oh, Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, I knew. I was yeah, testing. Yeah. We drove by there, remember? Myself. That's when we got lost in Pasadena. Oh, much like the time. And I think I called it the Philadelphia Project. <laughs> the Manhattan Project. That's the Oppenheimer movie is about. Yes. I When we mentioned that, I did mention that I was in the desert in, in, uh, in New Mexico, and it seemed like... I was making it up. I just now realized it was that. But you, it was a situation like when we were podcasting and stumbled upon NASA. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We were oh, I thought you desert. were just free, free associating. No, no, no. It was, it was very uh, similar. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no problem. Please hold. <laughs> okay, I will. I'm going to remind you of what we were talking Great. about. 
Can you remember though? Chad Flapp's parents. Okay. Working uh, for LBJ. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jack could... Black's parents are LGBT. Oh right, right. Um. Yes, please. This has got a little lemonade in it, right? Add lemonade. Yep. Yeah, and sweetener. Okay. Thank you. I have a feeling this will become Thank the you. citrus brew that I. That you've always dreamed of. Yep. Is that it? Uh, no, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I. Oh, I applaud your honesty. Yeah. No, it's worse than before. Oh no. Yeah, I think the sweetener made it even more funky. Oh, funk. Yeah. It feels funky like cow. you should also make out a leaf streak. No. Compare and contrast. I'm okay. good. You so know. It's gonna be yours. I just want my medicine. Okay. So Jack Black's parents work for JBL speaker manufacturers. Yes, they're very. Uh, they just love a great sound. Oh, look! Um, LA is a union town. Someone has that on their mini. Yeah. On their minivan. That's cool. With a drawing of uh, uh, tacos in a delivery oh. thing. So it's like a union for food delivery people. Oh, is that's that cool. Yeah. Well, because you know, there's some um, people who worked at uh, McDonald's and walked out because they didn't have air conditioning in an LA McDonald's and the workers. And of course they have still, they've always been fighting for a better minimum wage. Right. And so they all walked out. That's great. Yeah. Don't try not to go to McDonald's until that gets resolved. Oh, okay. I uh, won't. And I haven't been for many years because it causes a stomach ache. Okay. Yeah, there's so many good reasons. But Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Let's talk about this Jack Black and his parents. Both of his parents mm -hmm. were, were, I don't know, astrophysicists, rocket scientists, whatever. This yeah. is, yes, thank you, sir. Um, so that's just a little background color to say that Jack Black tells a story about going to school one day after I think he watched Bionic Man and he was so obsessed with it that he put wires under his sweater sleeve and then he kind of let them sit there so that people would notice them and then he would pretend to shove them back in like you weren't supposed to see oh, the wires great. and like he's this is a secret he has to keep it was like it's a it's a very funny story obviously the way he tells it but yeah. it's that idea you getting those ideas as kids where you're going to trick everybody or you're going to convince everybody of something so. And for it to be something like that, that's just like, I want them to think I'm a weirdo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want them to think I'm bionic. That's great. And the wires he grabbed it from were something very important at mommy and daddy's work. Yes, and that probably. day a, a missile launch went awry. He had, uh, he had the capability to grab wires all around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the toaster not working, Jack? Who also uh. starred in Jim Carrey, the cable guy. Was he in the cable guy? Mm -hmm. He was. What was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he in the cable guy? <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, he was in that, and also uh, Airborne, a movie about rollerblading that I wished was about skateboarding because mm. it was actually a pretty good movie. And uh, he was just like a dramatic kid actor, mm. but I always saw that he was funny. What was he in The Cable Guy? He was one of Matthew Broderick's friends that they're playing basketball with, mm. who, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's also in the movie. It's a great film. You need to revisit it. Larry the Cable Guy? Uh, Jim Carrey the Cable Man. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> cable man. Yes. Um, anyway, the cable gentleman is, uh, it launched the career of so many uh, great people. And uh, it's it's very good, but he he yeah uh, he suspects that Jim Carrey is like a stalker person. Oh, he right. was right. Yeah, yeah, he was on to him. Yeah, that makes me think. I saw an amazing clip on what app? Tic Tac Toe. Tic Tac Toe. Mm-hmm. And it's Jim Carrey giving. He's supposed to be presenting, and it's I can't tell if it's the Golden Globes. Yes, I. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh. Hi, I'm two-time global go, Golden Globe. Yeah, he's a better speaker than I. That's why he makes the big bucks. But this speech, like the way he does it, and the, it's so funny. And I yeah. think it's a little after the fact of everything. Yeah. So you're getting the feeling that like. It's so smart of him because he's just like immediately saying, hi, I'm too, he's introducing himself, but saying he's two time Golden Globe winner, Jim yeah, Carrey. And, and one day I, and I, at night I go to sleep, not like a normal person as two time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey, to dream about my third Golden, Golden Globe because <laughs> yeah. I have trouble saying that, don't I? Yeah. I found out something interesting It's your Arnold Palmer of award shows. Yeah, rear, real drive. <laughs> rear, rear, rear Mendo. Mendo? Oh. Anyway, he says, I one day, I dream to be third time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey, because then my life will be complete. And it's to watch people like Denzel Washington oh. sit, sitting up front so excited. And invested in this. Like, and it's so, like, it's almost, like, mathematically laid out to be the most hilarious bit and speech. It's the thing everyone's trying to do at award shows, and no one, even the funniest people that you love the most, they can't because those, that it's such a losing game. Yeah. And he nails it perfectly yeah he does it and he doesn't have to have any gervais like anger when he does it he's just like no. silly about it yes holding a mirror up but then he's actually saying something because he goes because and, and then i will be enough because well, yeah. once i win that third golden globe then i will be enough the search will be over and that's when the laugh gets like huge oh, yeah yeah it's great so and good. i appreciate you purposefully messing up golden globe to make me feel better yeah um, yeah, he is, and it's right before he kind of, you know, he's retired. He's yeah. no longer, he's like, I'm a painter and I've, being Jim Carrey was a character for me. Obviously he wasn't happy. No. And you would think, oh, look at that airstream. That's nice. Yeah. What are they doing over there? No, acting like baked potatoes. <laughs> Just a family of them. <laughs> Putting their nose where their ears are. What if a baked potato had wheels? There you'd have it. Oh, they're so neat. Yeah, really cool. Looking. They do. They don't uh, take well to dents, though. No. Mm-mm. Can't get rid of that. No. You know, Airstream trailers. I just read this thing because I had to do. Uh, not had to do. My story on my favorite murder was about Night of the Grizzlies at Glacier National Park. Are you familiar with this? Um, I am actually not, and those are my stomping grounds. I know. It was a story about how one night in 1967, bears just started attacking people at the park, and they never had before. But they had been, bears had been baited for years. they leave food out for them so that they would come over and people could watch them. Oh. And, like, whatever. And then also, there was a lot of litter around because 
picking up after yourself was just not a thing anyone did. Right. And then basically there were these horrible bear attacks one night. And then after that, everyone wised up because people just thought bears were cute and sweet and, hey, we should go see bears. And they would try to take pictures with them and all that shit. And and then it was like this one night of horrible deaths that, that essentially changed all the rules and all the attitudes about how we interact with wild animals. Let's yell, let's yell and call them scabs. <laughs> it's a production. They could have gotten a SAG waiver if they're an independent production that's agreed with the terms. It's too much to yell as we drive by. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's that. It, I didn't ever hear about that. Maybe it's because the 60s, but you would have thought. I was always scared of bears. Good. And, yeah. Great. That's good news. Yeah. But wait, I was telling you that for a reason. The reason was... It was Jim Carrey adjacent. Yeah. They all rose up and retired from being bears. Oh, here it is. It's the Airstream connection. Oh, thank you. In that story, I learned that after World War II, basically there was this huge... Obviously, there was the infrastructure bill that got a bunch of people working again. And they were working on fixing bridges building roads and that's how the highway system got built in this country and so like stuff like that like all of a sudden your average american could go get in a station wagon and drive to glacier national park in a way they never could before so they could have an affordable vacation that was like unbelievably gorgeous so the national park system that this putting in the highway and this is not totally factual it's this is an approximation no but of the information right to me but i never realized that before like aside from the basics you know the, and they called it something like plan 66 based on route 66 oh really where if you give people a thing to drive up and down to be tourists they'll do it because it's a, a back then it was affordable because gas wasn't five dollars a gallon and that's when airstreams were first made and they never changed the design um i'm gonna say yes i'm i'm gonna say yes because it feels right yeah and you know that i'm i'm leaning i'm giving you a lot of pressure to say yes yeah but i think it's true yeah because they do they every time i see one i get excited and nostalgic from my childhood in the 60s you were born in the 60s yeah Oh. Yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry to tell you right now, I am 58. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that a lot of people, when they when they only know us from our, me from my voice, that they assumed I was in my 60s? No. Yes, I hear it very often. No. My voice sounds like an older gentleman. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, I've heard it so many times. <laughs> Shit. No, it's okay. There's no one behind us. Wait, that's insane. Yeah. What? I hear it very often. And then there's the added burn of, and I thought you'd be taller. But, you know, people just blurt what they, they feel. Blurt. Yeah. They blurt. I, I am I blurt. the disappointing height and skin smoothness. <laughs> that what they're looking for smoother? Yeah, they want no. a tall, wrinkly bag of bones. I'm sorry I can't deliver. That's... So insane. Although, as a person who compulsively listens to podcasts, you do just build a little picture in your mind. The difference for me is I would never then take the results of that back to the real human being and be like, here's how I'm disappointed by the fantasy version of you versus the reality version. Right, right. Yeah. 
I think I know what you just said. And it, if I didn't, it's my fault. <laughs> I can restate. Please. Could you restate that? And I pull out a, a stenographer keyboard. A Kindle. <laughs> <clears throat> what happened to the Kindle? My dad still got one. He's a big believer. You know, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal stars in the new Barbie as a Kindle. Oh, I don't like myself. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, nuts. It's a Kindle. It's a Kindle. <laughs> yeah, just on the plane, playing with my Kindle. <laughs> so, are you reading a book? No, just dressing him up. Just dressing him up. <laughs> Putting his arms on backwards. Little pink shirt on my <laughs> Kindle. <laughs> no, what What were you saying about me? <laughs> <laughs> about who? I was done. You mentioned, yeah, I just didn't. But I. you're saying I'm a visionary. I'm saying mm -hmm. I understand and empathize with people who Thought build little old. fantasy pictures in their mind. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Just don't, just don't report right. it to people. I now I know exactly Perhaps. what you're saying. That's what I mean. I'm glad I made you restate it. Yeah, <sighs> I was being too vague because I don't want to be rude. Because it is kind of fun. Like first of all, because I'm guilty of it too. That we've been working at the Exactly Right Network. We've been working with each other. Many of us for three years and some people have never met in real life or seen each other in real life maybe at like yeah. a Christmas party or something but yeah. the first time I met uh, Alejandra who produces My Favorite Murder she it was You're at our kidding. it was at our Halloween party in real life I worked with her for a long time before I met her and when someone goes that's Alejandra I went oh my god you're so tall I yelled it into her face right like a child yeah and I was so embarrassed and it was I'm, of course, only meant it as a compliment, like... Right. But But if you've so been tall your whole life, it's like, oh, really? Right. The thing I've heard since sixth grade? But. Yeah, and just, like, what am I... Like, this? one of the many things I lost in quarantine was that whatever the door was that would shut on ideas like that... Right. ...is now just waving open. Like, yeah. Remember when we all first started meeting and people were just blurting? Oh. It's like, I'm sorry, I... It was an understanding. Everyone knew when you said, I'm sorry. It's like, I don't know how to act yet. Yes. But I'm slowly getting it back. Everyone was in the same boat. I would do things where I would be mid 10 minute monologue, but my eyes would be panicky. And I'd be like, sorry, I can't stop talking. <laughs> because I was kind of spent a lot of time alone. Right. So it was like the first, like, I remember eating with my friend Albertina and just being like, I was just like, I swear to God, this story will end soon, but I, I, it just feels great yeah. to just be holding forth. Yeah, it's just our timing was off. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. It's getting easier. We're back in the car. Everything's great. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the reason I'm excited personally about Barbie, and maybe many people are, is because it feels like everyone's going to one thing at one time. And so everyone's having like a singular experience that they can all talk about then right. on social media, which that I feel like we haven't had a positive version of that in a long time. We've, there's been lots and lots of negative ones. But. Yeah. And my tendency always is if everyone likes a thing, I'm, I'm revolting and I'm not going to see it, yeah. but I'm, I'm a changed person since talking to my plants for three years and I also <laughs> want to see Barbie. If everyone's excited, 
I'm excited. Yeah. That kind of thing where I think that was a luxury of the 90s that we we had so much good there was so much good feeling and goodwill that we didn't realize we should not be turning away from it until it dried up and you know this country became divided. Yes. Yes, we did become divided. Maybe but we always were. Maybe we always were. My tone now is conclusionary because we're taking a turn on your street. That's right. That's where I get real NPR-y. Mm-hmm. What are your final thoughts about this drive today? I would like everyone to take more care when doing a random left turn from the middle of the road. Please. And I'm talking to you, blue cars. Blue cars, for sure. I would like to admit that I will never ever again order a coffee and lemonade. <laughs> uh, but I am, look at me, halfway done with this. Oh, it's doing you're just what powering I through it? Anyway. Yeah, drugs! <laughs> and, um, and I also just want to say our guest today was great, although quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite kind of guests. Our guest today had something come up, but... Um, They'll be on again soon, and that's all the hints I'm giving. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That'll yeah. be a rebook. Yeah. It's just like a teaser. Oh my God, you're having a guest. <laughs> Thanks for the scoop. <laughs> Shit for brains. That's how people talk to me, you know. I know. I heard <laughs> that, and that you're not tall enough, right? Yeah. 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 You're not. You're too young, and you're not tall enough. If anyone actually did say those things to me, I'm. I'm these are just lighthearted jabs. And I'm sure in the moment I was like, yeah, I know, I, I do sound like an old guy. Or, yeah, I know, I am short. I don't get offended. I mean, no, you shouldn't. But I'm also, not that short. I'm maybe, not that maybe I should do a podcast with an old guy. Now that you mention oh, it. Oh, no. And then I immediately put on a Scooby-Doo. You kids! <laughs> it's like reverse Scooby-Doo where Chris puts the mask on yeah. at the end of the episode. Yeah, I've been a hologram for nine years. <laughs> Now you know I'm the hilarious caretaker that will continue for another season. <laughs> and here's me making a tall sandwich out of where are, they, where are they getting shredded lettuce on? One time they were on a submarine. Like, hey, it's from a garden. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you for setting me up for my one impression. Perfection. Like, hey. Do the outro as Shaggy, please. <laughs> this is Casey Kasem. No, it's that's who did it. Yes. Like you've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? <laughs> D-Y-N. honk, honk. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dinar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I couldn't even get through the ridiculousness of it. Oh, what if people only listen to that part? Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.